Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. You know, the most comfortable attire for me is a hoodie. This hoodie is one of my favorites. One of my best friends gave it to me as a wedding gift because it's comfortable. It's warm. I sleep in this hoodie. But most of all, it has Atlanta on it, an ATLian, meaning that you are from Atlanta. I love this hoodie. I am, like many of you, addicted to comfort. And as we continue our series today, speaking about risk management, we are going to talk about something that all of us have a problem with, and that is risking our comfort. It was a Latin proverb that says, danger can never be overcome without taking risk. You see, risking anything is not like this hoodie. It is far from comfortable. I wish that before I risked anything, I was able to get one of those clickers like Adam Sandler and fast forward my life to see how everything turned out. And then I wish that I could use that same clicker from Adam Sandler again and rewind my life and make a decision if what I saw was worth the risk or not. Wouldn't that be awesome? Sadly, that's just not the way that life works. In any risk, there is not much control, and in any risk, it's definitely not much comfort. You see, comfort and control are two C's that many of us struggle to live without. But if we're ever going to soar to the place that God desires for any of us, we must risk our comfort and our control to ultimately deepen our relationship with God. You see, I like to describe comfort like this. Comfort is like life insurance for the living. (laughs) And many of us cash in on this policy daily. Control, on the other hand, it's like oxygen to many of us. And sadly, we tend to tell ourselves that without control and comfort, we cannot function properly. Yet I've always been told that transformation happens at the end of your comfort zone. So today, for a few moments, consider risking your comfort as we are consulted today by an ancient brother by the name of Paul, who has a relevant word for our addiction to control and comfort. So today, as we fly into 2 Corinthians, I want you to know that this entire letter is written for the purpose of setting the record straight. You see, Paul, he is setting this record straight, explaining of the truth of who he actually is. The time period was around 55 to 60 A.D. Some individuals in Corinth were saying that Paul didn't really know Jesus until after Jesus's death. You see, Paul says, no, no, no. Hold up. Wait a minute. You're wrong about that. I actually met Jesus before the death, burial, and resurrection. 
The letter of 2 Corinthians is a letter of validation, a letter of encouragement, a letter of the assuring comfort of Christ that we all need, especially in this time right now. So today, we won't read all of Paul's words because that would be uncomfortable, right? But we will highlight 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, where we will notice Paul's praise to God. We will see the comfort of Christ and a change in Paul's plans. Paul begins praising God in verses 3 and 4, saying, Praise be to God, Father of all of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. Newsflash that all of you really know, comfort is important, right? But to experience comfort, what's so awesome about it is it makes us feel secure. Comfort makes us feel good, just like this hoodie. You know, comfort makes us feel that for a moment, everything is right in the world. For a moment, right? However, we must understand from Paul's words that comfort is not stationary. You see, comfort is active and should be always moving in and out of our lives, but intentionally placed in the lives of others. Comfort should be like a basketball on a good basketball team that it hits every player on the floor instead of just only being in the hands of one. Paul is expressing to the people at Corinth that in the midst of all these rumors, he's wanting them to know that, guess what? Forget all the false teaching, forget all the rumors, and begin to care and comfort others. Paul is writing this letter in the midst of hatred and division, but yet Paul is not trying to be spiteful. Paul is not trying to throw any shade at anybody. He's not trying to be hateful, but yet Paul is responding to these allegations in love. He's telling these Jesus followers at Corinth to care about those who may think differently, who may believe differently, and who may live differently than they do. Isn't that a word for the day, friends? <laughs> it's a word for the day as injustices continue to remain present in our world. It's a word for the day as the hateful rhetoric from our leaders continue on social media and beyond. But don't forget that we are all beneficiaries of God's grace, love, and comfort. Friends, we have access to this comfort through the loving sacrifice of Jesus. But you have to understand something that many of us often overlook. Jesus did not die to only allow one group of people to experience his comfort. Jesus did not sacrifice his life for one group to sit high and look down on others. Jesus did not bear the sins of humanity for ethnic groups to judge, criticize, and berate each other. But Jesus did give us the comfort of becoming children of God and to have a beautiful, constant relationship with God. I want to tell you something that many people overlook, and it's this, that if we are not careful, our society and world is going to turn into a modern-day Corinth. What I mean is that we're going to be like Corinth in a sense where we have all of these material goods, but our relationships are hateful. 
our friendships are torn apart, and much of our world will be fueled by division and strife. Here's a better way for it. Instead of thinking or fabricating or even lying about ethnic groups, why don't we attempt to do some good in the world and provide comfort to others? Instead of writing hurtful messages and recording hateful videos all on social media, maybe we should risk our comfort to help someone else be comforted. Paul says, Jesus is the father of all comfort and compassion, who comforts, leads, strengthens, and guides all of us. Not, not, not for a superiority complex, but for us to extend what has been given to us, and that's the comfort of Christ. I like Paul's words and his rendition to those in Corinth, but I love Paul's words if I couple it with what he said to the believers at Rome. You see, in Romans chapter 12, verse 15, Paul said, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So I ask you right now, when is the last time you've cared about someone else and what they were going through? When is the last time that you've noticed the challenge in someone else's life and you said something other than, hmm, bless your heart? Comfort is not stationary. It should move in and out of all of our lives. So it's just like this hoodie. It's on my body right now. But guess what? It could be given to someone else who needs it in cold months. Friends, comfort is not only stationary, but I want you to also know from Paul's words that the comfort of Christ comes in many forms. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Verses five through six, these words, for just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ, our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. You know what, friends? <laughs> Many people believe that when God comforts us, our problem should be like, poof, be gone. <laughs> but if that was the case, that would probably be the only reason that people even strive to have any type of relationship with God. You see, the comfort of Christ comes in many forms. It comes in the form of receiving stress in a time of weakness, strength in a time of weakness. It comes in the form of encouragement in a time of pain. It even comes in the form of God giving us hope to deal with a season of trouble. But what is astonishing and amazing about God is that the more problems we face, the more strength God gives. It may not be beautiful, but in the suffering moments of life, we actually experience the amazing comfort of Christ at its best. As God comforts us through our challenges and trials, we have the responsibility to not simply wear the hoodie on our body, but we have the responsibility to give our comfort to others. You know, as we make it out of the storm, we should at least provide an umbrella and a way forward for someone else. You see, 
as I think about comfort not being stationary and this whole comfort of Christ coming in many forms, I think back and rewind my life to a time where my dad tried to be a mathematician. Early on in life, I became keenly aware of what my academic interests and strengths were. Needless to say, math was not one of them. My father would spend hours on end trying to help me understand math, but it never worked. You know, and one night we wrestled with the topic of long division, and I just could not grasp this concept to save my life. It got late, and I eventually fell asleep. However, when I fell asleep, my father stayed up and worked out every single one of my homework math problems. When I got to school the next day, my teacher was amazed. I was the star student. She gave me a gold star because she just could not believe that all of my problems were solved on my homework. So she did just what any other great loving teacher would do. She put a problem on the board and she said, Joshua was the only one to finish all of his homework. Please come up to the class, uh, come up to the board and show the class how to work this specific problem. I went up to the board, nervous, sweating and shaking. I stood there for a couple of minutes and I kept going back and forth, back and forth, dropping the, the chalk, picking it back up. And I just eventually had to admit that I'm sorry, I didn't solve any of these problems. My dad worked every problem out. I said, I'm only presenting to you what he did, though I cannot explain what he did. Likewise, friends, we may not be able to comprehend everything God does for us, but one thing is for sure, we know God did it and we did not. We may not be able to tell you the exact time and second that God deposited strength into our weak bodies, but one thing we know is that God did it and we did not. God through Jesus comforts us in many ways. And if you don't believe me, I'm sure you'll identify with this list in some way. You see, God heals us, doesn't he? God loves us. He restores us. He sustains us. He increases us. He cares for us. He gives grace to us. God consoles us. God empowers us. He forgives us. He takes the blame from us and even enlarges us. God keeps us. He delivers us. He fights for us. And he even died through Jesus for us. You see, the comfort of Christ, it comes in many forms, but it happens when it happens. We just say, thank you, God. We don't know how this happened. We just say, thank you, God. And so, friends, we have to understand God doesn't deserve to be in our box because God is active. God is different and God comforts in many ways. Friends, Paul has taught us today that comfort is not stationary. He's taught us that the comfort of Christ comes in many forms. But yet, as we prepare to end in verse seven, Paul teaches us that the comfort of Christ prompts comforting opportunities. Listen to verse seven. Paul says, and our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. 
I want you to know that Paul thought incredibly different than all of us. Paul viewed suffering as an opportunity for Christ to work. Paul viewed suffering as an opportunity to learn more about Christ and himself. On the other hand, many of us view discomfort as the down detrimental side of life. <laughs> we, we believe that all life is just messed up the first time we are not in a place of comfort. Whereas Paul, he would take a deep breath and say, this is horrible. But think about how much honor can be brought to the name of God once we get through this storm. That's radical, isn't it? But it's something there. Maybe we can adopt some of Paul's mindset and view the challenges we experience or the challenges that other people experience as an opportunity to apply the comfort of Christ to our lives or theirs. I love the way that Max Lucado, pastor and theologian, uh, a current one, he says this about suffering. He says a season of suffering is a small assignment when compared to the reward. Rather than begrudge your problem, explore it, ponder it, and most of all, use it. Use it to the glory of God. When we begin to view our suffering as an opportunity to experience and provide the comfort of Christ, you will change your life. But one thing about the comfort of Christ, if we're ever going to digest that this does not just mean for our life to be well, but for other people's lives to be well. You got to follow the sentiment of Alicia Brooksvort, who once said, we cannot offer others the comfort of Christ until we acknowledge the chasm of their pain. A couple of questions for you then. Are you willing to risk your comfort for someone else to experience the comfort of Christ? Are you courageous enough to do something about problems which may not affect you directly? Your answers to these questions will reveal your willingness to follow the plan of God or not. Recently, God has been dealing with me about this whole passing the baton of comfort to others. God has really, in my quiet time, revealed to me that I needed to learn to be more compassionate to others. And so the other day, he tested this truth in my life. I was at the dentist's office and my appointment was at 4 p.m. I arrived at 3.50 to fill out any paperwork needed. I was on time. I don't like the dentist, so I was trying to get this over with. Around the time of 4.20, I looked at my watch and inside I was frustrated and angry. Inside, I began to ask some questions of, wonder how long this is going to be. Maybe I should just go up to the receptionist desk and just give them a piece of my mind, or I should just ask them to reschedule me, and then I'll just never come back. But again, I told you that the Lord is asking me to be more compassionate to others. So what did I do? I had an internal conflict. I wanted to say something. I wanted to express my anger and frustration, but I did not. The time kept on ticking. It went to 440. It went to five o'clock. It went to 535, y'all. And all of a sudden, the dental assistant said, Mr. Scott, please come with me. With my mask on, 
I'm sitting there saying, my appointment was at 4 p.m. This is what I'm saying in my head. How could you make me sit here an hour and a half and not say you're sorry, not say nothing, nothing at all? But I didn't say this in a verbal manner. I said it internally. I sat down in the dentist chair. I'm nervous because I don't know what they're going to do inside my mouth. And before the dentist asked me to open my mouth, he says, Mr. Scott, thank you so much for patiently waiting. And it was we were just swamped today. And because you waited, we put a hundred dollar credit on your account. Hmm. You see, I was shocked and I was amazed. But God showed me that my it showed me that the dental workers did not need my anger or frustration. In fact, they needed my compassion. And as I comforted them by not expressing my anger and frustration, they comforted me by giving me a monetary credit on my account. Friends, I want you to know you just heard a comforting opportunity exchange. And every day, God opens the doors of opportunity for us to provide comfort to others. It may not be in the dental office, but it could be online. It may not be online, but it could be in the grocery store. It may not be on the grocery store, but it could be on the highway. It may not be on the highway, but it could be at Starbucks. It may not be at Starbucks. It could be across the street at Dunkin' Donuts. It may not be at Dunkin' Donuts. It could be in the classroom. It may not be in the classroom. It could be at home to your wife. It may not be to your wife. It could be to your cousin. But wherever it may be, when God opens up that door of opportunity for you to apply comfort to someone else's life, don't be selfish. Apply it. Risk it. Because as you risk your comfort, guess what? You make the world a better place. I love the way that Paul described Jesus. He said that Jesus was the father of all comfort, who comforts us in our trials. If by chance you do not have a relationship with Christ, I promise today was way more, uh, way more than just speaking about an Atlanta hoodie. We're talking about Jesus. And if by chance you want to accept Christ as your Savior, feel free today to email us at alltogether at spdl.org. And our team is ready, willing, and available to talk to you about what this all means and what is salvation. But maybe you're watching this and you're skeptical about having faith in Jesus. I want you to know that Jesus is the biggest, greatest thing that you may have never seen. But I want you to know if you have questions, we'd love to walk with you and answer those questions. If by chance you want to sow into this ministry to continue this ministry going, feel free to give at spdl.org and a giving option is there and the drop down menu for all together is there. Our together takeaway that I want you to continue to repeat this week in your life is the comfort we enjoy must be risked by extending comfort to others. This is how we fulfill God's plan. And so, friends, comfort is awesome. It's just like this hoodie. This hoodie is great, but there are other people that need that comfort. My hope is that this week you will risk some of your comfort. Let's do some risk management together and let's deepen our relationship with Christ, but also let's make the world a better place. Have a great one.
Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.